testing, testing, testing my mic. Okay, that seems to work. So I'm in my backyard at the moment and I'm just about to walk over to the fence to say hi to my neighbors. Hi. Hi. <laughs> I'll be one moment. There's five of them who live next door and all of them have been impacted by the outbreak of COVID-19. Every single one of them has lost some of their income. Um, some of them have lost all of their income. So I've just got a mic on a boom and we're going to hoist it across the fence and into their backyard um, so that we can talk to them from a safe distance. The, the mic there, do you want to just like angle it so it's pointing more towards you? This way? Yeah, so this, yeah. This, this one? Okay. Or do we, should we just stand up? I think standing's fine. Like, yeah, you kind of want to be that kind of distance away from it. Done. From Schwartz Media, I'm Ruby Jones. This is 7am. Millions of Australians are facing unemployment as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic. Today, the reality of suddenly losing your job and whether the government's response will be enough. So, my name's John Carolyn, I'm 33, and I'm a lighting guy in VJ for nightclubs and festivals and stuff. Hi, I'm Miguel, I am 20, and I study music, perform music, and teach music. And so what's it been like in your house for the past few weeks? It's uh, been a bit tense, I sort of became unemployed straight away, so for me it's been a bit rough, but yeah. Yeah, I... Uh... We all kind of lost our jobs pretty much straight away, working in events, hospitality and arts. Um, so tell me about how it happened. Who was the first person in your house to lose their job and how did that news kind of move through the house? It was pretty much me and you. Yeah. Yeah, like, I mean, I work every single weekend, the nightclubs, and as soon as, like, gatherings limited to 500 people, saw a huge dip in numbers... 100 people, that's it. Don't need lighting guy for it, so pretty much straight away for me. Are you able to estimate um, how much of your income has gone because of this? Oh, zero. Like, I... Like, all of it? Yeah, pretty much. So I work events and stuff. It's like the industry is completely destroyed at the moment. So everyone I talk to in the industry, they're just, they're just like, there's no hope for them, basically. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, it just means, like... You know, a lot of people have to change careers in the end, so it's just like zero income from it anymore. I was already going week to week, so I wasn't really earning much, I was just earning enough to get by. So how has all of this impacted your financial situation in terms of the basic stuff like paying rent and that sort of thing? We're all fucking broke, so... <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's a bit insecure, and so... Yeah, definitely the uncertainty of how long our savings can last us, though we do have those new supplementary packages. Um, but even still then, it's, it's very unknown. Mm -hmm. So the government has announced a boost in welfare to help people who are in your position. Have any of you applied for that? 
Yeah, so I applied for the job seeker payment and with the recent wage subsidy. So, like, through my employer, you know, I get a bit more money out of it. But, you know, I would like to work in the end. You know, it's, it's just a bit dull sitting around at home doing nothing at the moment. So, yeah. And have you heard about the, the freeze on evictions? We have heard mm-hmm. of that, the moratorium. Um, haven't spoken to a landlord or anything about it yet, but, you know, they'll probably be dealing with, like, hundreds of cases at the moment, so... Sure, something will happen, but yeah. Yeah, I think a discussion for the coming future, but all of us, at least for the next few months, have been able to stay secure enough. But I don't know, cut our rent in half maybe? I don't know. (laughs) At the same time as my neighbours were going through this, the Saturday Papers political correspondent, Karen Middleton, was working on a story about the government's pretty significant new economic policies. Hello. Hey, Karen, it's Ruby. Hi, Ruby. How are you? I'm good. How are you going? Not too bad, thanks. Karen, can you talk me through some of the measures that have been put in place to help renters who might have lost their income? Well, it's a, it's a work in progress. The, the problem the government's got is that this is a, a wickedly difficult issue. It's it's renters in, uh, in home renting, in, in residential renting, and also people with commercial rent. And the government is trying to look after both ends of that equation. They have introduced a six-month moratorium on evictions, But the Prime Minister, Scott Morrison, has also said he really wants people to get together and work this out. So he's putting it on the property owner and the tenant to negotiate and work something out. I am aware, though, in recent days of some pretty tough letters going out from property owners to tenants about that they will be expected to pay eventually, that this is not just free rent with no consequences, that they may have to repay the rent later. And there's also concern on the part of those property owners that some people will try and scam this arrangement. So it's it's pretty complicated. And every time the government makes a decision like this, they find it has a consequence that they may not have been expecting. So they're playing whack-a-mole effectively with the whole economy. They make a decision, they implement it, they find what the knock-on effect may be they have to negotiate and try and work out a solution to that. It may or may not have another knock-on effect, and so it goes. We'll be back in a moment. Need a reminder of what political leadership looks like? Australia's master of political satire, Jonathan Biggins, is back embodying the iconic Paul Keating, visionary, reformer and rabble-rouser. Due to overwhelming demand, one-man comedy The Gospel According to Paul is returning to the Opera House, on from the 4th to 23rd of June for its final term ever. Secure your tickets now at sydneyoperahouse.com for an unforgettable evening. For Sloane Crosley, writing about the loss of a friend may not have provided catharsis, but it did allow for the possibility of a better ending. Like you have this amazing meal that's this friendship and you have a really, 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 really bad dessert with shards of glass in it. And then like the book is like, you know, those little chunks of chocolate that come with the bill. I'm Michael Williams. Join me for this week's episode of Read This as I talk to Sloane Crosley about her latest Grief is for People. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Karen, I want to talk to you about some of the other initiatives the government's announced to limit the impact of the COVID-19 shutdown on people who've lost their jobs or are at risk of losing them. 
Well, there are a couple of things. First up, the job seeker payment, which is actually what we know as New Start, which they've renamed in the middle of all this chaos. Uh, and that is basically the unemployment benefit, but with a supplement on top of it for people who've lost their jobs during the COVID-19 crisis. So that that is a $550 supplement per fortnight. That's a gross amount. It sort of almost doubles what a single would normally get under New Start. Now, the young people, the students who were working, were added sort of belatedly after negotiations over who could get it and who couldn't. The Labor opposition said that a lot of students had part-time jobs and were initially not going to be eligible for the supplement. The government relented and included them. So it's an interesting process where there's a lot of back and forth and usual ideologies are being set aside and, and people are listening to each other's ideas and where they're good, they're implementing them. So that's the job seeker allowance. Karen, can you talk me through the job keeper payments? How are they different? Yes, so that is designed for people to still have a connection to their employer. If they've actually been sacked, they'll be looking for the job seeker allowance, the the one through Centrelink, the old new start payment. But if they've just been stood down, they will be eligible for job keeper. Now that is going to be $1,500 gross a fortnight. It's a flat payment. It's uh, available to anyone who was full-time or part-time or a casual who had been connected to their job for at least 12 months prior. Now, the key date is March the 1st. If you were in any of those situations on March the 1st and you've been stood down or you end up being stood down in the near future, you can qualify via your employer for that. We did see an estimate, which was kind of a scary one, of 6 million people accessing that. Now, the government's been quick to say that that doesn't mean that 6 million Australians will lose their jobs, but it obviously does mean that 6 million people would be at risk of losing their jobs, if not for this supplement. So there are still some people who miss out, and that's a potential um, problem. Mm. Who are the people who will miss out? There are uh, people on temporary visas who don't qualify. So some do. The New Zealanders who are on the subclass 444 visa will now access that wage subsidy uh, if they are working in Australia, but other temporary visa holders won't. So if they're in Australia working on a temporary visa, they've lost their work, they they don't qualify for benefits, most of them. Uh, They can't go home because there's no way of getting home. They probably can't afford to go home either where home is overseas and they're stuck. And Karen, do we know how many people are on temporary working visas who who might fall through these cracks? Yes, more than a million. I think 1.1 million people are on temporary working visas. Some of them have been here for a long time. Some of them are pursuing residency or citizenship. Some of them are here for a short time. But there's an argument that Australia has a moral obligation to these people, a duty of care, and that it isn't going to be good for the country, generally speaking, if those people are left destitute because they can't get any sort of income support. Karen, these are huge changes. How are they happening and how are they happening so fast? Those negotiations between the federal government and the state and territory governments, between employers and unions, uh, involving political opponents, conservative and progressive, left and right, uh, are actually achieving an incredible amount of change. And we're also seeing a remarkable thing from a conservative government. All the things that they have long held dear are having to be jettisoned. They're having to become a big government, interventionist government, running up enormous national debt. They can't go for their surplus anymore. That just seems like pie in the sky if we go back to the period where just a couple of weeks ago they were talking about a stimulus. 
with some extra money for the low paid aimed at trying to save us from going to technical recession. I mean, that just seems like a, a ridiculous concept now because we're talking way worse than that. But at the moment, it's a government working with all it's got and with everyone's input to try and address this problem and uh, keep people from really struggling more than they need to through a, a terrible disaster. Karen, thanks so much for talking to me today. Thanks, Ruby. Tell me a little bit more about, as a house of five people, this is all kind of working on a practical level for you all. We're all slowly going insane. (laughs) Uh, Some more than others. You know, usually, because we work in events and things and hospitality, we're usually, like, out of the house most of the time, especially on weekends. There's usually no one around the house on the weekends. Now we're just all sitting around, just hanging out. Some people are going a bit more crazy than others, but I think we're having a good time otherwise. I'm trying to find as many positives as I can. I think, personally, it just helps keeping like a level head during such a weird situation. How do you feel about the next few weeks and months? I have no idea. No idea. Every, like, I, was, I said it yesterday, like, February feels like a, a year ago. <laughs> it's just been just, like, chaos, so... I don't know. Let's do it. (laughs) Sydney Dance Company explodes on stage with Momenta. This world premiere by acclaimed choreographer Raphael Bonicella is unmissable contemporary dance. Strictly limited season from the 28th of May to the 8th of June. Book now at sydneydancecompany.com. And in news related to the COVID-19 pandemic, the New South Wales Police Commissioner Mick Fuller has announced that he is opening a criminal investigation into the operator of the Ruby Princess cruise ship. Ten passengers on the ship have now died as a result of COVID-19 and there are hundreds of other confirmed cases. The investigation will examine the actions of the ship's operator, Carnival Cruise Lines, as well as those of the Port Authority, Ambulance Service and Police. The Chief Medical Officer Brendan Murphy announced on Sunday that Australia had 5,687 cases of COVID-19, a rise of 139 over the previous 24 hours. Over 2,000 people have recovered, 33 people are on ventilators and 34 have died. Murphy said that Australia's rate of growth continued to fall and that he was increasingly confident that if people continue to adhere to social distancing rules, Australia would be able to prevent a situation like that seen in Europe and the US. And the Australian Council of Trade Unions is calling on the government to extend its wage subsidy JobKeeper payments to millions of casual workers and those on temporary visas who are currently ineligible. I'm Ruby Jones. This is 7am. See you tomorrow.